Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Phoenix Rods. Today's guest is Greg Springer. Um, Greg's a San Diego guy, I think, and uh, has a big fish, a 16-pound fish out of Wilford. Great story. Great dude. He's a stick. He's uh, always catching big fish. Fun interview. He had a couple different uh, ideas and some really good uh, pieces of information. So thanks again, Greg, for coming on. It was a fun time. Thanks, everyone that came on the charter. As you saw, I did throw up. I think half the boat did. So whoever's laughing at me, you too, whack, Phil. A lot of dudes threw up. So, uh, yeah, it was fun. Uh, thanks again, Butch, for coming on, Matt Pano, Big Rob, uh, Shane, all you guys. Um, what else is going on? Oh, this is your last time to get in on the uh, Patreon. So uh, first place is going to win a punker and a rod. You guys are going to have to figure out shipping on that one because I don't know how to I'm going to do the shipping on the rod, but, um, punker and a rod. And then, uh, second place, it gets a punker. Third place gets a punker next month. Patreon will be sponsored by depths optimum. So they donated some, uh, two fifties and we're going to have those on the Patreon as long with, along with the rod. So, uh, check out the Patreon. If you can check out the, um, the YouTube, check out the podcast. You're probably listening already. So I need to tell you that. Uh, we have some good guests coming up. I got to lock down a couple. Uh, Big Rob, he's going to come on. Uh, Amir K, super stoked on that one. He's a comedian, but he's also into fishing, and he's a local guy, so he's going to come on, I think, to Wednesday. So it'll be a good one. Uh, April for, uh, 1st, you guys will get your April Fool's joke with Jeff Marklin. Um, and that's it. So please get us five stars if you can. Uh, and check out the Patreon. Thanks again for listening, guys. Oh, it's very weird. Well, have you never done an interview? You do magazine interviews, right? Yes. For when uh, you caught your big fish. Yeah, over the, over the phone. So but, it was uh, way different than seeing in person. <laughs> Having to look at some fucking idiot across from me. <laughs> I'm, that doesn't bug me. Uh, <laughs> hearing my voice on a voicemail or whatever was always like oh man i sound like an idiot oh no, that- trust me <laughs> i feel that way every time i listen to this fucking podcast um today we have greg springer right yes okay um greg i know who greg is from my buddy uh captain negative daniel from <laughs> uh, he's also buddies with them and uh you're a big swim bait fisherman right do you fish everything conventional too i fish conventional too um just depending on the season, you know, what's going on, but I'll fish conventional. Will you fish a drop shot? Hardly ever. Really? But Pretty much will. never. Pretty much never. Okay. A spinning rod is, I own one. I've had the same one for probably eight <laughs> years. I don't know. <laughs> what kind is that? It's a Shimano. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you grew up down San Diego way? Yeah. Grew up in Carlsbad. Um, lived in Carlsbad, Oceanside, Vista all my life. Um don't know much different what lakes were you fishing then when you were young uh uh dixon was probably the one i went to all the time really? uh mostly for trout fishing or you know bluegill fishing or whatever um i didn't really get into bass fishing um seriously probably 2006 2007 oh really yeah how old are you how old are you right now how old am i yeah 34 okay so you're in 22, 
then? Yeah. Okay. Just about. Um, I bass fished as a kid at my uh, grandparents. They lived in Solvang. Um, and their oh, neighbor, Solvang, dude. yeah, their neighbor had a little pond in their backyard and it was awesome. I mean, it was pretty silly. Wide you know? open all the time, huh? Not all the time. The winter was obviously a little tough, but yeah, yeah we'd, I'd go, I'd get a, a neon green glow rooster tail uh-huh. and go to town or like beetle spins. Yeah. Oh yeah. Game over long. all day long. <laughs> That's what got you addicted. Uh, it really did. I mean, I, the first fish I caught was rainbow trout at three years old, Convict Lake. Um, and I just loved it ever since. It's all I remember. Yeah. Wow. Um, when you were 20, mid-20s, and you started seriously fishing, was it swim bait or everything? It was everything, and it's pretty embarrassing to see uh, where I started because, I, I mean, I didn't know anything about it. There was no internet. There was no one really to teach me how to bass fish or anything like that. But, yeah, I just kind of did what I knew at the time. Who um, was the the guy that kind of introduced you to a lot of stuff? I mean, I kind of had to learn on my own. I I had a few friends after a while that I would learn from um, that really taught me a lot. Um, my buddy, Chris, uh, who's like my brother, mm-hmm. he really got me back into it. Uh, and then a couple of buddies from work, we would go and have a good time. Uh, you know, golf course at night or whatever, hook people's hands when we're walking, all that good stuff. <laughs> um, Did you do the trick with the braid? Uh, so I didn't know about that. And my friend, uh, Ben, I somehow hooked his hand. We were walking and he put his hand right into my popper. And uh, so that was interesting. And I'm, I get really queasy pretty easy unless it's me. <laughs> Um, so he's sitting there with a pair of pliers and he's like, oh, I can get this thing out. And he's going, and pulling on the skin. And I was like, dude, I'm going to pass out. I I can't do this. Uh, (laughs) so we went to the emergency room and got it all taken care of. And yeah, I mean, lots of experiences that I've had just, it was fun. It was just, we wanted to go, we wanted to go fish. Yeah. When did you, uh, I guess a swim bait thing. When did that, you're kind of known for that a little, right? Uh, yeah, I guess more lately than, mm-hmm. uh, in the beginning. Um, my first swim bait fish was at a pond, uh, with my buddy Jeff on like a floating castic. It, okay. was, it was only like a four pounder, but it was one of those things where it's like, well, we know there's a bunch of fish in here, so why not? Um, that was my first one, but it took a while to get that. Oh, really? Yeah. A lot of trial and error. Lots of trial and error. Uh, lots of huds at the bottom of the lake. Um, and just learning in general, I wasn't that great at fishing conventionally yet. Um, so picking up a swim bait was a little difficult. Do you, you know? think that by skipping the learning curve on the conventional, that kind of pushed you back a little? You know what I'm saying? How I've talked to Gilbert, I've talked to dudes. Gilbert thinks, don't need to learn conventional, you can go straight to swim bait. Some other dudes think, you know, like, yeah, you got to, you got to learn conventional first. I don't think you 100% need it. Okay. Is it helpful? Sure. Yeah. I think it could be helpful. Uh-huh. Um, as far as confidence goes, uh, at least when you're fishing conventional, you can find fish a little easier because you're getting more bites, whether they're big or little. Um, and you can use that to your advantage. But if you're going out and throwing a Cinco on a point and, you find fish, but they're all two, three pounders. That's not going to help you with, you know, locating a big fish necessarily. Yeah. Um, so if you're looking for that, you know, that giant fish, um, I don't feel like it helps you a ton. Uh, it might help you get bites, but you don't need it. What about when you learned how to throw? Uh, so you started dragging huds in the lake, wherever you were at. What gave you the idea to do that? Um, it was always what you heard of, you know, oh, throwing a HUD. Uh, Did you, were you getting this like at the tackle shop or something? Um, at the lake, a tackle shop. Um, it was the floating spro. Um, that was one of my first purchases. Uh, Eight-inch HUD. Those were the two that I really, oh, and a punker, obviously. You know, you kind of have to have that one in your in your box, in your arsenal. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then fishing at the lake, the guys that were constantly getting bit, bit and uh, getting fish, 
all on HUD. And you just had your head on a swivel, kind of going, "Hey, what are they doing?" Just to see what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, you're at the you lake and you're yeah. you're paying attention to the people that are there. And um, there was a guy that fished there all the time, and you could talk to him, uh, and he was cool. He was never, you know, rude Big about different. it or yeah, I guess <laughs> he was good with sharing information and you know telling you what worked. Um, anything from he let a HUD sit there for five, ten minutes or whatever, and then start winding and, you know, yeah, patience. Little things like that. I mean, you you, you didn't have internet. No morning. internet. So that's the kind of thing where you're like, you go out and do the work, I guess. You're on, you know what I'm saying? You go out and t- not do it all time on the water, but like paying attention to things around you. Yes. You have to pay attention to, you know, the water, the birds, you know, just going and actually doing it versus looking around online at what someone else is doing or, you know, anything like that. Um, the best thing you can do for yourself is spend quality time on the water. When do you think it started to click for you? So like when were you throwing the HUD and you're kind of like, Oh, I get it. And you started going, I can actually search for these fish. I was actually super discouraged. Um, Fishing, so Wolford was where I spent most of my time doing all this stuff. Um, and the first day I got a swim bait fish there, I got a six and a half on a square bill, and I was like, this is great. Okay, I'm going to throw the HUD. And I got a three-pounder. And it's like, this is stupid. <laughs> that's not how this is right? supposed to work. Um, so I got super frustrated, and yeah. then losing a $30 bait at least once a trip. You know, if you're shore pounding, I mean, that place is hungry for a swim bait, mm-hmm. uh, two or three. I would go up there with two or three of them and then leave if I lost them. Sometimes it would be an hour. Sometimes I wouldn't lose any. Um, but if you're not getting stuck, you're not getting bit. Yeah. That's the whole thing. And you learned that as you started to lose them, you're going, yeah. Did you have times where you're like, well, maybe if I just go a little faster and just touch the bottom. <laughs> and it, yeah, it didn't work for me. <laughs> it did not work for me. Uh, but that's just that particular lake for me. Yeah. Um, now, the guy that was helpful to me, uh, Mike um, Coastal, I want to say was his last name. I'm not 100% sure. Mm-hmm. That guy smoked him. I mean, I was fishing one of the points one day with a HUD for like, I'd say about 45 minutes. Walk down the bank about 100 yards. He comes up behind me and sticks a 12. In the same spot. Same up. spot, same bait, and it's just like, all right, well, clearly I'm doing something wrong. Did yeah. you go up to him and go, hey, man? <laughs> oh, no. I, no. He, he had the ranger come get him, weigh it and everything, all oh, that stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. Was that the record at the time, 12? No. There's records from, I believe, mid-'80s, um, and I'm terrible for not knowing this want to say it's in the 18 or 19 pound range yeah so you think that little lake could potentially like could have held a record at one point in time i think it could have wow yeah that's a big deal for that it's not a big lake it's not a big lake but that's also for the most part it can be helpful there's a lot less water to cover but those fish are also a lot smarter yeah Uh, right you know People always joke it's fishing in a fishbowl in Southern California, <laughs> and it is. Like, um, it's a blessing and a curse. Yeah. You know, there are, you know, potential giant fish in the waters we have, and mm-hmm. there's also 100 people that show up. So I guess the big, for you, this is like a, a great story, is you caught a big fish out of there, right? Kind of big, right? It was kind of big, yeah. <laughs> You caught two that day or one? Just one. Um, yeah, 16-3. One fish, and after that, I left. <laughs> you were just like... I, yeah, after that whole thing was over with. Um, so I guess it all started the... So I caught that fish on a Friday. The Friday before that, um, I took my friend Chris, my best friend, um, up there because... He wanted to catch a swim bait fish. Mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of show him, okay, this is what you can and can't do. Um, or, I mean, you can do anything you want. but Giving him the what, boundaries what, of, like, what you think. Yes. Okay. Teaching him what I knew. Um, and 
I lined him up on a cast and he made a good cast, hooked a good one, and then lost it. And it's like, oh, you know, cool that he got bit, but bummer that he lost it. It's like, all right, well, next time, maybe try this instead of that, you know. What kind of bait were you using at the time? He was throwing a HUD. Okay. Um, and then I was like, all right, well, let's go to a different spot. Um, go over there. He's throwing the HUD. I'm throwing the HUD. And out in pretty much the middle of the mud, uh, I had three fish follow it, which I thought were like a 12 and two tens. And I was like, oh, shit. And one was bright blue. Uh, it just has a hue on the back that, you know, it's pretty easy to see. Yeah. Um, and I was like, dude, that was a big fish. Fire back out there and nothing. Uh, so fast forward six more days. Uh, the Thursday before I went Did up there after Did you keep track of that spot? Like oh, yeah. In your head and like you're like, oh. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> but that was all from a boat too. So okay. I, I went back Thursday, six days later, um, and I was throwing a punker, um, had a big shadow behind my bait. The sun was in my eyes. I couldn't really see what it was, chased it all the way up to the bank mm -hmm. and then swirled and took off. Oh, shit. And I was like, all right, well, that could have been one of those three fish. Yeah, and yeah. Never know. Fire back out there. And, uh, well, not with the punker. So fishing straight braid with the punker, cut that off, put on that kokanee glide. And then worked it like a punker, so super fast. Uh, depth? No, it's what? a it's a glide bait. It was a. Is it, is it made by? Three sixteen. Okay. It was a prototype that Mickey sent me, um, the kokanee glide, and I was just working that thing super fast. I figured if I could get a reaction out of that fish, it might actually commit. Mm -hmm. um, followed it up aggressively, and then took off again couple more casts and nothing. I was like, dude, I blew it. Like that was my <laughs> chance. Um, and then, uh, the next day I was supposed to go fishing with, uh, Ryan at Skinner. Um, I had just got a 12 there like three weeks before and he was getting fish. So it was, it was doing some damage at the time. Um, and this had, was on the same bait. This was a different bait. Okay. Um, and so we, Ended up not going. Uh, I think he canceled or didn't want to go or something like that. And I was all bummed out. And uh, so <laughs> I just took care of some stuff. And then I was like, that's it. I'm just going to go to the lake. And uh, it was glass calm. And I was like, well, this looks terrible. Go to that spot and uh, pretty much nothing. It looked dead. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go work my way down towards the other end of the lake. Started working my way down there, um, and that wind came up, and I knew that was my opportunity, that first little bit of <laughs> wind. you run as fast as you can back to the... No, I mean, you can't really <laughs> run there. It's all, like, yeah. rock and terrible. Yeah. Um, but I got there pretty quick. Um, and then first cast with that kokanee glide, I wasn't fishing braid because I knew exactly, you know, that fish was around there. I had the potential. Uh so fishing on fluoro, first cast. So you're fishing fluoro? Yeah. Really? Fishing fluoro as fast as I How could. How heavy? Uh, 20. What kind, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, a Brazex cigar. Okay. I, I love that stuff. It's it's great to me. Some people don't like it, but. Yeah. I, no, I've, I've heard, I mean, I've heard a lot of butch uses it. Uh, a lot of dudes do. I love it. Yeah. I used to fish mono forever because I thought it was not a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I switched to fluoro and, uh, it's a game changer. Definitely. Yeah. That Abrazex is great. I mean, I got that 12, I probably had six feet of curly cued line and I don't know how it got in the net, but it got in the net. <laughs> <laughs> so it works even if it's a little messed up. Um, but yeah, you, I, a real quick question. Do you change that out frequently during the, uh, the big fish months, we'll call it, the winter yeah. months, spring months, uh, every few trips. Really? Yeah. Man, you're dropping some money on fucking floral, bro. I mean, could be the next world record, right? <laughs> right. That's the way you, to think about it. I mean, if you think about it, people are paying four or $500 you for, know, a bait? for a bait <laughs> that you could cast off. Yeah. I can buy that spool uh, and tackle warehouse has them all the time. 
I could buy that spool for a thousand yards, spool up, you know, nine times easily. That's what can cost you for 140 bucks or whatever it is. That's nothing. Yeah, it's like 20 bucks a time or 30 bucks a time. Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah, I guess it's worth it if you catch that fish. So that's maybe a big, big part that that people don't think about is respooling every time because it's like if you're going to make sure your knot's tied every time, you got to make sure every other trip or every couple trips you're going to have a new line. Well, and if you're, especially if you're bottom bouncing or dragging through trees, like Diamond Valley has a ton of trees, uh, you know, any sharp rock. Just because the first two feet of your line isn't chewed up doesn't mean, you know, 10 feet up isn't. Yeah. So, Do you pull off 10 feet every once in a while just to... So I retie pretty often, but after I'm done fishing or whatever, um, I just loop the line on the reel. And then the next time I go out, I peel off that eight feet at least. And then like another one or two pulls. And then it's you good. That's fresh. why I have to... Uh, that's where you have to re-spool every three, four, five yeah, trips, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I love hearing little things like that, but go back to your story where you, you saw a little bit of water movement. And- yeah, so went back to that area, that kokanee glide. Um, you know, the day before, I got it to react pretty good to, you know, a quick back and forth, um, not like a soft bait or anything like that. First cast twitching it as hard as I could, as fast as I could. And that thing blew up on it. And it was the craziest thing I ever seen. Um, and I was, I was pretty surprised, you know, I wasn't really expecting it. And there's um, no, you do have big catfish in there. Yes. Uh, I've caught a 20 pound catfish on a, <laughs> on a jig out of that place. And I thought I had the one, <laughs> um, but I mean, I knew that was a bass for sure. Just how it reacted. Um, got it to the bank and it's just kind of, you know, shallow sand area that I was fishing and got it up on the bank and I was, you know, freaking out a little bit. Um, you know, at first I thought it was 12 ish, maybe 13 or whatever. I didn't know exactly how big it was. Um, did you have a scale with you? So I had a scale. Um, I had a GoPro in my backpack. I also, when I shore pound, um, I carry a live well bag with me. What is that? So just like what pros use um, oh, like or anyone to for, dip water in there and to keep them. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, you want to make sure that that fish is preserved and you know it's taken care of. Um, so shallow, muddy area and it's freezing cold. And I'm like, how am I going to fill this thing up with water? So I've got the fish flopping on the bank, which I absolutely hated. Um, trying to fill this live well bag up with water. I finally get enough in there, get the fish in there. But I'm on the other side of the <sighs> lake. So I had to Google the number for Lake Wolford, <laughs> call them and say, hey, you need to pick me up over here. I'm the only person here. And they're like, I can't see you. I don't know where you're at. Like, I'm literally the only person here. Waving my hands, like, look directly across the lake. Uh, so then uh, two guys that were trout fishing ended up trolling right in front of me. I'm like, hey, do you guys mind, like, taking me over? Were you that calm? No, not at <laughs> You're all. Like, listen here, fuckers! I need to get the fuck back to the dock. Um, and they're like, "Oh, you you caught a big fish!" And then at that time, uh, the ranger actually saw me, so he came and picked me up. He's like, "Oh, I heard you got a good fish." I was like, "Yeah, I think you know it's twelve or 13. He's like, "Oh, really? Where is it?" I was all, "It's in here." And I showed him. He's like, "Yeah, that's a big one." I mean, that thing was folded in half in a live well bag, which. Like I said, you there's were, certain things it's like, I probably shouldn't have done that, but it's better than, you know, the other options, I guess. Um, which people do. You know what people I'm saying? Do. Like, I mean, I know people that have tied them on a string, a shoelace and walked them all the way or, you know, like you'll do whatever you can, I guess. Yeah. You're, you're, I mean, I, it's your right. Number one, as a fisherman to pay for, so I, I wouldn't do it, but if someone did, and number two, if I caught, like what Butch said, if I caught fucking a 22-pound largemouth, I'd kill that motherfucker and put it on ice so everyone could see it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like if you caught, you thought you might have had the record. I didn't think it was that big. You, but you you know it was a big you, I knew it was a big a 12 fish. pounder before that. I knew it was going to be my PB. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure I had documentation of it. I had a decent picture 
uh, I'm sure I could have set up my GoPro on a rock and taken it. Too bad you Photoshopped the picture. Oh, I know, right? (laughs) I know. Uh, There's a difference between a filter and Photoshopping. (laughs) We'll just say that. So you get get the Ranger. uh, So I get it over there, um, pull it out of the bag. They weigh it. And uh, I was absolutely shocked at the weight. Like I said, I thought it was going to be 12, maybe 13. Um, So when it came out at 16.3, I was kind of freaking out. Super stoked. Um, and it was just kind of surreal. You know, this place that I kind of cut my teeth at for a while and kind of gave up on. Um, this was a random day you just came back? Yes. Just, you hadn't been fishing random. there for a while? Uh, those two days, um, the week or the day before and the week before. Other than that, I don't think I really... I think I might have fished it one or two more times that season, and that was it. Wow. But if you know where they're at, you know where they're at. You have but high did you know areas. that spot? You knew the spot, though. That was the thing. You knew you were going to fish that spot. And it wasn't a spot that anyone would really think to pay attention to. Um, there's a few places there that are, you know, people fish all the time. People fish all the time. So those secondary spots, you know, People always talk about the spot on the spot. Mm-hmm. Well, this was kind of the spot off of the spot. Um, didn't get much pressure, and I knew fish were there. Um, I knew three were there, and I definitely knew <laughs> I definitely knew one was there. Um, so, with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. That all goes back to the whole quality time on the water versus just time on the water. I could have wrote that off. Oh, I got three follows here. Okay, whatever. Off to the next place. You know, are, you, but- are you taking notes? Not as mentally, mentally mostly. Did you used Um, to take notes? No, never. That's probably something I should do. It seems like everyone that fishes big baits, they have a very good memory for taking notes like that because I'm like, dude, I don't fucking remember some shit. Well, pictures help too. Now you have pictures in your phone that tell you the time, you know, if you want to geotag your pictures, you can, you know, exactly where that is, but fish there are, you know, good or you know, any kind of size, they're memorable. You're going to remember how that happened, um, whether you write it down or not. Yeah. Maybe if you write it down, you know the exact angle. You're going to know the temperature of the that's, water, that's, that's temperature of the air. True, because I remember when I caught my last bigger swim bait fish, you know, a couple like the shadows or the, you know, whatever it might be. I was like, okay. And I'm going to remember that. And I did it again. Like, I'm like, oh. Punker fishing, you know, I'm like, oh, there's kind of a cove where there's a shadow right there. Okay, and it worked, you know. Shade lines, uh, you mm-hmm. know, hard cover versus the soft cover. Um, you know, mud lines, anything like that. A little bit of current you get. We obviously don't get too much current down here, um, but wind will create that for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so those little subtle things that you can kind of take a mental note of, um, just wind direction. Uh, if you know that the wind is going to blow a certain direction, like fishing Diamond Valley, I guess that helped me the most. Uh, wind blows from all different directions there. Um, and when it says there's east wind, there's no wind at all. <laughs> so there's certain spots that I have for when it's, you know, kind of a more of a northern wind or northwest wind or like a south wind. Um, it lets you set up on a spot differently and get that right angle. Um and it helps me. It may not help a lot of people. Uh, 
but I know that I can pull up on a spot and say, okay, when the wind is coming from this direction, the fish are typically going to be on this cast. You know, I might make one deep cast and one shallow cast. And if nothing, if I don't see anything, if I don't get any response, no bites, then I'm done. Um, I don't like beating up spots. I'm very particular about that. How many casts? You only do a couple casts on a spot and just move on. Yes. Most of the time. Most of the time. Um, I'd say shallow, middle, deep is about all you really need to do. As long as you know what you're looking at, right? Yes. Okay. Um, the last thing I want to do is pound a spot to death. Um, you know, big fish are big for a reason. They're, they're very smart. They are in tune to what's around them. So when you hear this giant splash, you know, every 30, 40 seconds, <laughs> you know, they're going to be on to you. But if you can get a couple quiet casts in, you know, way past the zone, then you have a better chance um, How long do you think a reset time is for a fish to like uh, not make them accustomed to hearing that splash? You know what I'm saying? So say you, you hit a spot. Can you come back that same day or you won't even come back for a couple Oh, days? you can definitely come back okay. the same day. Um, I typically will wait an hour or two, uh, depending. That's probably the the least amount of time I would give it. Um but it depends on how many spots you have. <laughs> if, yeah, you, right. if you only have three spots, they're a high percentage. That's hard to do. It's hard to fill your day, you know, either burning a bank or looking for other stuff. Um, but really, a graph can come in handy for that. It kills time, side scan, all that stuff. It's really a good tool to have. Um, there's plenty of stuff that you, I've fished Skinner for you know, six, seven, eight years, probably maybe even longer. And I still find new stuff with that side scan stuff. With side it's scan. Like, you're like, man, it's like a whole nother, another world of fishing. It is. And even it helps you find bait, um, all that stuff. So if you can fill your day with not necessarily fishing, but you're absorbing other information about the place, then that's going to help you too. Not everything I find holds fish. Yeah. But if I'm finding a spot that maybe only one or two other people know about, and if they don't throw a swim bait at it, it's even better. What um, what happened after you caught that 16 at Wilford? Um, you know what I'm saying? I'm blowing up the lake, stuff like that, because you don't get to hear much. And you're a local there, so you kind of know what's going on. Did like you get 100 people there the next day? Did you get, you know what I'm saying? Well, I wouldn't call myself a local there. There's... A couple guys that fish it all the time. They live right down the street. Okay. Really cool guys. Um, but I had weighed that fish, let it go at the dock. You know, I I only told two or three people about it. Uh, I told Ryan, I told Gilbert, and I told my wife. Uh, and that was it. And I had people calling me, texting me um, that I never contacted People showing up at the lake, throwing sweat all out of no, out of the woodwork. Do you do you think people found out from at the lake? Whoever's at the lake saw you. How many people were uh, at the lake that day? I mean, quite a few. Yeah, I mean, but there's a lot of trout fishermen there more than you know guys yeah. fishing for bass or whatever that time of year. Um, I'm not sure who leaked it or how Fucking it got out. <laughs> no, <I'm just> No, but I mean, it was almost immediate. No, that's just, I mean, it's not who leaked it. It's more of like the response of what happens after you catch a big fish like that. Like, I mean, it's, it's definitely cool. You know, I, did you get people reaching out to you and shit all the time and going, Hey, I did. It was more like a congratulations. That's that's awesome. I mean, fish is cool. Like I was still trying to process that whole situation. Um, you know, it was pretty surreal. That's a fish that I. I've only seen one that big in front of me one other time because of Ryan. You don't see fish like that every day. What did Ryan catch at Skinner? 16-2. But you beat him, right? By point one. <laughs> Still counts. We could talk about Ryan since he'll never come on the fucking podcast. <laughs> well, I heard you're going to do a hunting podcast, I might, right? just to get him to come on. <laughs> fucking guy. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, uh, you were there when he caught the 16. I netted that thing, and that was probably the scariest 
thing I have ever had to That's, do. You know what's even scarier? Netting a fish like that for somebody because if you lose that, it's your fucking fault. Well, he hooked that fish earlier, and oh I did was you lose it. No, I did oh, not I lose like... it. It broke the bait in half, probably two feet from the net, and just swam like cruised right back. And it's like, sure, I could have jumped in, uh, froze myself to death, and probably missed it. You did know, you tell but... you to jump in? No, no. Oh, he was just like, I mean, we were both freaking out. You don't see fish that big all the time. No, no. And to see it coming at you, you're like, this is it. Like, you've got one shot. He, he holds the record, right? No, they didn't. Oh, for me personally, it's the record. It's the biggest fish that I know that's been caught there. What's the What's the record at Tekkenu right now? I think it's 14-4. Who holds that? Chip Gilbert. Oh, he does? Mm-hmm. Okay. But blocks, you couldn't have heard because of the way he was fishing or something or where he was fishing. Yeah, it was... Uh, in a place you can't fish, apparently. Okay. Even though you can fish it, you still can't fish it. Um, you think there's politics to that one? Well, there's always politics. <laughs> always. I mean, I, but he's known to have, that's the biggest. Yes. You've heard yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can only go 10 miles an hour there. So if you go 12 really? miles an hour or 15 miles. But are they DQ'd if they get the record? Yeah, that's the truth. I mean. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that happens, I guess, with a lot of, uh, the same thing with the salt. And when people put up spotties, where'd you get it? It was off limits. You jumped a fish, you fenced and got it. Mm-hmm. Well, is that really that great of a fish if no one can fish there? People will, 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 you know, debate that. I think if you could get a fucking line in the water and is what it is, you know, I mean, and it's so loosely, you know. Yeah, but then seeing how it played out for him, which, you know, is pretty unfortunate, it just makes you want to go get the record legitimately. Um, you know, it's it's attainable, you know, in certain places. Um, Do you still think you have that quality at Skinner right now? Hard to tell. Really? Hard to tell. That place has really good genes. The Are fish you still there catching have really good genes. How about that? Am I? No. Not right now. <laughs> Not right now. No. no, I've been having a tough year. Um, <laughs> Do you think everybody's been having a tough year? Uh, you like a, lot a couple of, guys are uh, fucking uh, a great year. <laughs> yeah, I know some people that are having a really hard time, and some people are doing pretty good. Um, if you can put your time on the water and you know do You're it the right way. You're fishing two days a week, whatever lake it might be, right? One day a week. One day a week? Yeah. One So one fri- Friday's for... The wife? Uh, a Wednesday or a Friday, I'm there. And then other days for the wife, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Have to do that. Yeah. Have I to do it. that. I get it. Um, I mean, fishing will always be there, you know, and I'm thankful that my wife lets me do as much as I do with talking to people. It's not just, okay, I'm going fishing or whatever, but, okay, I want to go do a podcast. All right, well. Now, here's a question. Does this burn your fishing day? No. No and yes. See, that's what happened to me with the podcast. So you think I was fishing two or three times a week. So I'd be gone like in the morning. I go fish half a day in the morning, come back. Now it's like, oh, I got a podcast today. And I got one tomorrow. And I got the charter. So it's like to my wife, I go, well, can I go fish? You know, well, I just burnt fucking, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can still fish. I, I get off early enough. It's just I'm choosy about my fishing. You know, I want to go in the boat or whatever. It's like, do I need it? No. My personal best is from the friggin' bank. I don't need to go out so on the boat. that's another question to have for you is uh, you've caught a 12 from a boat, right? Yes. Okay. What was it, the difference catching a big fish like that from the bank compared to the boat? Like, what, what are you worrying about? What were you, like, thinking? In the boat, it is... Uh, an experience that you can actually enjoy in the moment because, you know, you you have it. Um, you know it's going to come to you. It, you don't know it's going to come to you. But once it's in the boat, you can put it in the box and you can, like, fully, you know, take in all that moment and, you know, be happy, be stoked, be pumped. You know, you can take pictures, let it go, whatever you want to do. Um, from the bank, it was super stressful. Like I'm saying, 
I had to fill up that live well bag while it's flopping in the mud and, you know, just the preservation of that thing. I was not proud of um, what I had to do. You're big on conservation then for for the bass. For giant fish like that, of course. Yeah. You know, they're they're older, they're fragile, you know, and that's their that's their time. You know, they don't surrender themselves too often. The last thing I wanted was to hear, Oh, there's a floating sixteen at you know, at the lake two days later or whatever. Did you watch it swim away? Oh yeah. I have the video of it swimming away. Did anyone else catch that fish yet? Yes. Really? From what I know, it's been caught twice, but it was not that big. Oh, you got it at the right time. Uh, from what I've seen, she was kind of at the end of her life cycle. Um, the other time she was caught, I believe she was 14. Okay. And then I want to say 11. Oh, wow. Yeah. A lot smaller. Definitely. Um, and then just she looked a little sick, too. Um, Ready to go. Yeah, desperate for a meal. You know, a fish like that that doesn't get caught ever, and then all of a sudden, you know, any, (laughs) I think it was in like an 18-month span, it got caught three times. Oh, wow. Yeah. Same thing you're using? No. No. I don't know what they caught that on uh, after me, but yeah, I mean, it's still a beautiful fish. So you think the shore is a more stressful deal all the way because you're definitely you don't get to enjoy it you got to go shit where am i gonna go now yeah it was like an hour process of you know making sure she's not dead making sure she's breathing yeah and then it's like i had people call me dude you should have told me you should have told me i would have gone up there we could have taken pictures blah blah blah. it's like i i can't do that like i could not live with myself you know i could not sleep at night knowing if i had hurt that fish killed it um because at the time Gilbert was actually doing a contest for the biggest fish on his measuring board, won a Hinkle. Oh, did you win that one? No, I didn't have a board on me. Oh, fuck. Shore pounding, (laughs) you know? Uh, And I'm not sure if the travel board was out yet. And if it was, I was probably just like, I don't need it. I have the other one. Why do I need that, you know? Uh, Well, I needed it. (laughs) So I didn't get my Hinkle trout, but uh, I think... Joe is the one. He had like a 13 on the board. Shit. But I think that would have been the biggest one on the board. Oh, even, yeah. Right. Even today, yeah. Is that the biggest is what? He's not on the board 13, you think? Uh, I'm not 100% really? sure. I don't know. Wow. Um, What are your – what are some rods you use? How about that? People want to know what kind of rod you might use. Or... Uh, I have Mark Neflis from Neff Customs. He wraps my rods. Uh, super cool guy. I don't need anything fancy. Uh, I just like black wraps. I know the guides I like, and, you know, he he helps me out. Um, a lot of R&D goes into all the rods that he makes. A lot of Phoenix blanks. Um, he's wrapped a couple of Phoenixes for me. You know which ones you, you like to use or you're not sure? So I have an 800 Heavy um, that I want to say is the hybrid. Okay. Yeah, it's the hybrid um, that he wrapped for me a while ago and that rod is excellent for like a heavy soft bait um a mag the nine inch battle shad okay um and that's what i primarily throw on that i've thrown the depths on it it does okay for a hard bait but i would like something a little more parabolic but Mm -hmm. if i'm if i'm in a pinch i'll i'll use that one for sure um and then i on the 12 i got at skinner was i think it was a 909 heavy uh, and that was chopped to eight eight. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Eight eight or eight six, something like that. Yeah, but those are the two. Those are your two go to rods you usually use. Yes. Okay. When you go out, are you just throwing swim baits most of the time now? Are you you throw jigs, throw everything? Um, I love throwing the swim bait, but when uh, the time comes for a frog or a punch, uh it's so hard for me to put those down. (laughs) Uh, I love that kind of fishing. Just, I mean, it's in a way, you know, you can get big bites on that. Um, and it's still heavy line. I'm not fishing a spinning rod, nothing against it. It's just, (laughs) it's not for me. I have no control with a spinning rod whatsoever. So the guys that can land giant fish on spinning rod, my head is, uh, off to you. (laughs) I just have no control. Would you be as satisfied with a jig fish that big? Oh yeah. You don't care if it was a swim bait or a jig fish. I do not care. You just want to have the big fish. Yeah. My first double digit was on a crankbait, and it was 
the coolest thing ever. What lake was it that? It was great. Uh, at El Cap, actually. Really? Yeah. How big was that? 10.4. Wow. And it's skinny, skanky. It had like a <laughs> golf ball size, like tumor looking thing on the side of its face. Wow. But it horked the crankbait. It was gone. Yeah. And uh, wow. it was pretty cool. Like, I had never seen one that big in person, you know, and to figure out that I could actually do it was, yeah. was pretty cool. What about, um? do you think you have to throw the swim bait to catch a big fish? No. No? I've caught plenty of two, three, four, five pounders on a swim bait. Uh-huh. And then, you know, pick up a frog and catch an eight. Yeah. So. So you're not like dedicated to your, like you'll, you'll change up if you have to. I or will. You know, some guys are just like, Hey, I'm going to have my five swim bait rods on here. And that's all I'm throwing. I mean, certain months, that's all I'm going to yeah. be throwing. Um, but I still love fishing. A jig actually taught me a lot about how to fish a soft bait. Really? Yes. Just uh, a dragging on the floor. Dragging, really knowing what's down there without having to go up to the spot and graph it. Um, you know, I fished Diamond Valley tournaments uh, with my buddy Brian for a while, and, you know, Carolina Rig and Jig were kind of our go-to, and that really helped me figure out how far I've got to cast past the spot to make sure that it's at the right angle when it goes over the rock or the right area of the rock. Um, Diamond Valley... I forget who coined this one. Um, those fish love rock. And with a swim bait, if you fish one shallow, they love what's called a murder rock. Um, it's just one particular style of rock where it's like you can go down a bank and throw, you know, a hut or whatever, super shallow and fish it fast. Um, but you can come around a corner and be like, oh, there's going to be a fish there for sure. Mm-hmm. Um and they will blast it on those murder rocks. So it's not necessarily, you know, dragging it straight out or whatever. So murder rocks just like a certain texture or the look of the rock where you're like... It almost makes like a little bit of a point on like a bank that has pretty much nothing. Okay. You know, it might be a rocky bank or a sandy bank, but this one rock that could be two or three feet is just a little bit bigger and either sitting in that shade... Or, you know, and you're going to burn it over that and bring it right to it. So cast past it and then try to basically hit the tip of it with the bait. And they'll usually, if they're sitting out deep, they'll come up and blast it. If they're sitting up shallow, it just kind of gets sucked down. Wow. Yeah. And that's how many times you think that percentage rate that happened? Oh, it, it doesn't happen as much as you would want it to that's for sure because <laughs> you would say oh that's it's gonna happen there and it doesn't but there's but there's definitely... a high probability you're gonna get a bit on one of those rocks yes okay um so you think carolina rig and just i mean i've never i don't think i've I fished it once or twice carolina rig are you big on that it's boring just slow so boring yeah um but, but that taught you how to get those hud bites it taught me that i need to be you know, like I said, if you're not getting stuck, you're not catching fish. Um, lots of jigs in the bottom of Diamond Valley. Uh, but then you also know what you can get away with there. You know what cast to make. You can make that cast with a jig and be like, it's stuck. It's it's stuck or bit. <laughs> one of the two. Yeah. There's like narrow margins where you can drag that thing through and not get stuck, not blow up the spot. Um, so it's helpful, especially when you have, you know, a $4 jig versus a you know, hundred dollar swim bait or whatever yeah. it is. Um, now do you still, uh, what kind of, when you're going so slow, are you using a certain reel that you like to use or a couple reels you like to use? So for the slow, I definitely like my favorite is the Calcutta 300 TE. Um, one of my favorites, just a workhorse. I can do pretty much anything with it. Um, if I had one reel to choose, it would be that one for, any kind of swim baits. Um, the 400, it's a little big for me. Still a great option. Uh, and then recently in the past couple of years, the uh, Abu Revo Beast 40. Uh, I really? L- oh, yeah. I think that's you're one of the first people to ever say that. It's, I fucking hate those things, but I don't know I use why. it for salt. Oh, okay. Because those clutches go out. Once you, you know? 
To See, me, I've fished the 60, the 50, and the 40. I fished the 60 in saltwater, and I've had it for five years. So the 60, the new, I've had the 60 for three years. I like it. I still have that. Mm-hmm. The four, 50s, I think, uh-uh. I don't like Oh, see, I've had you like no issues. Really? I love that when I click that thing into free spool, it's solid. Like, it feels solid. Um, casts a mile, easy to uh, get how you want it. Um, and same with the 40, casts a mile. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually let Daniel use one of mine. Did he break it? Uh, he backlashed that thing so bad. Of course he would. <laughs> He'd be like, dude, He's why like, did you leave it like that, bro? Yeah. That's what he said to you. Uh, Why did you fuck this up, bro? Why is the thing so loose? <laughs> exactly. It's not your fault. It's, yeah. it's not his fault. It's your fault. Um. <laughs> yeah, but that for uh, that Revo 40 for the smaller baits or like a wake bait or anything like that, it's great. Like I said, cast a mile. Yeah. Workhorse. And uh, I've kind of been going back and forth trying to figure out what one – I like the most, and I always go back to that 300 TE. Have you Sir, checked out the Fathoms yet, the new Penn Fathoms? No, I haven't. So they're, I think they're pretty much the same thing as the Abu. They don't make those Abus anymore. The, inshore, uh, the Inshores they don't make. Mm-hmm. So they're now they're Fathoms. And I heard they change a little bit on them. So. Yeah, I'd have to take a look. Yeah, me too. Uh, I really liked the Abus. Because I know uh, Matt Florentino, yeah. they fish all that stuff. Yeah. It's like they fish hard. They fish in the salt. So yeah, they Decker have to... and, and all those guys, uh, Lannis Fine, all those guys fish it, and they beat them up. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, Decker did a lot of R&D on it, so it's, it's kind of cool. But um, if you could pick what three baits are you going to use when you – say you're going to go to DBL, say you're going to throw swim baits, what three baits do you like to use? What time of year? Um, Let's say right now. Right now? um, Definitely have to have – some kind of soft bait. I would probably go with a uh, Baysmith mag or hog hunter. Now I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or a HUD. Um, I would take a glide bait, whether it be a depths, a DDT, um, just a, a bigger profile trout bait, mm-hmm. um, that is a glide. The fish at diamond are a little different. They love a big bait. Um, and they're very smart. They know how to eat a bait without getting hooked. Um, <laughs> and then the third bait would probably be a weedless, um, like 9.0 battle shad, uh, anything like that. So you can get it down into the trees. Um, I was fortunate enough to have Gilbert send me a couple prototypes of the uh, the head case harness. How big of a game changer was that? Huge. Yeah, right? Absolutely huge. Um, being able to go from casting my mag in 40 feet into, you know, a plethora of trees and just praying to God, you don't get stuck, um, to being able to throw a bait like that and not even have to worry is just, it's great. Yeah. I mean, I've lost zero there. Really? With that zero. headcase harness? Yeah. Wow. What size beast hooks are you using on those? For the 9.0, it's a 12 watt. Twelve watt, yes. Um, I think they only come in three quarter. Really, but um, what I was doing, uh, the three quarter would sink a little faster than I wanted. Um, I pulled this trick from I believe it was Saltwater guys that actually started it, um, taking the the bare bones twelve watt hook and getting rubber core sinker, mm-hmm. and you take that rubber core out, open it up, pop it on the shank of that hook clamp it down and glue it and you can have any weight you want on there yeah so i was doing experimenting with uh three eighths half ounce anything like that i always ended up going back to uh the three quarter um but you think the weight plays a little bit of an issue when you're trying to fish that thing like seeing the weight for the most part i don't think so because i still don't see a hook that much okay um it's all dependent. If you're dragging it on the bottom, of course, it's not going to matter. Yeah. If you're trying to fish it slow over their heads, yeah, they might see it, but they also don't have a hook to look at underneath. Um, you can also color those weights. You can do whatever you need to do to get it to disguise into the bait a little better. Yeah. Um, but even just go buy a whole bunch of Sharpies, and if you have... <laughs> go to town. Yeah, if you have a, a 
black bait that you're fishing up against, that silver weight is not what you want, sharpie it. Yeah. You know, it'll come off eventually, so sharpie it again. <laughs> if you don't like it, just fish it. It'll come right off. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> um, what about a boat? What kind of boat do you have? Um, I used to have uh, an R81 Ranger, which is uh, Ryan's old boat, but we just ended up swapping. I moved, had a smaller space, so now I have a 17-foot Ranger, um, which is plenty for around here. Do you fish we, tournaments with that? I haven't fished a tournament in a long time. Really? Yeah. I liked it in the beginning, but it's not for me. No. The night tournaments all fish every once in a while because those are fun, just because you, you can't really night. night. Yeah, you, you can't fit <laughs> night fish around night tournaments? Yeah. Yeah. And those are fun until there's 120 boats on them. Oh, fuck. Really? They get that many? For some of the last chance customer appreciation yeah. boat uh, tournaments, there's a lot of people. Damn, dude. That's a lot. But I'm sure it's fun. You're just sitting there throwing swim baits or something, right? I mean, ironically, we actually get more fish on smaller baits at night. I mean, I'll fish the shit out of a rat all night long Yeah, um, and get some good fish. But a jig there at night has always been one of the better baits for me. When you're throwing a jig at DVO, what kind of line do you like using? Uh, 16 pound, uh, I was using sniper at the time, mm-hmm. got a couple bad batches. So I kind of stopped using that, just breaking on hook sets and little brittle. Um, so it's 17 of Brazex now. Those, those, the, so, and then the two lakes that you really like are Skinner and DVL. Those are the two that I fish the most. Definitely. Do you think they're the, what do you think the best lake in SoCal is for you? Those S- two? Size or quantity. It just depends on what you want to do, really. Well, what are you trying to do? What are you, what are you, you know, what's the end goal? Size? You're the, looking for the, the big one? The end goal Still? is size. Then which lake do you think is going to produce that size? You know, for, so for a couple of years, I dedicated my time to Diamond because I know that place has potential. I've seen them. There, there are big fish in there. They're just very smart. Mm-hmm. Very, very smart. Um, to the point where they will come up to your bait and push water at it with their mouth <sighs> to see if it's real or whatever. It's no like, way. yeah, shit. they'll come at it from the side and push it with their nose, not closed mouth and everything just to see it's, Dude, it's wild. wild. Yeah. Um, Skinner has good genes. Um, diamond Valley. They're usually longer, skinnier, um, uh, different kind of fish but i know it has them yeah so you think it's going to come out of there if you get something bigger i think with the amount of people that fish it and people that don't just dedicate their time to a swim bait there just the regular conventional guys that really know that place there's a shot there for sure because the record's on uh curry's right yes and that's 14 it's the 14 something drop shot i believe so yeah i mean that's crazy yeah, and even the, uh, you know, the one past that was 15 that didn't count. So, yeah, I mean, there's opportunity there for sure. They get trout all the time um, throughout the winter consistently. Um, there's tons of bluegill in there. There's tons of baby bass. Yeah. There's a lot of forage for those fish. But they they have depth there, uh, and it's a bigger lake for around here. You think that here. plays a lot? The depth helps a lot? They oh, can hide? Oh, yeah, definitely. That's why you think you're going to get a bigger fish out of there because they have the depth. Well, Skinner's what, 40? Uh, I think the deepest part I know is like 65, okay. 70. Yeah. Yeah, depending on the water level. Um, what about Paris? You don't really go to Paris? I've fished Paris a couple times. They haven't been getting trout, so that's another one of those key elements, you know? Yeah. Not to say that it can't happen there. There's a lot of good fish in there for sure. Yeah. Um, it seems like it's on the upswing. Uh, you know, with the water coming up and um, they were able to put some structure in there to give, you know, fish a place to hide and fishermen a place to find them. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, um, definitely. You kind of broke down all everything for us. I appreciate it. Um, you have anything to plug? Um, just sponsors, bro. <laughs> are you sponsorships? <laughs> uh, I mean... Gilbert, I've known him for a long time, working class zero, just a good dude. Um, we fish the same water 
at certain times and you never get a bad vibe from him or whatever just a good dude uh, a good friend uh-huh. um paul with uh piz like i said <laughs> another good dude yeah um funny guy he should fish more but um hold on really quick we're right by the fucking airport and apparently there's a fucking ufo coming over our head loud as fuck <laughs> shit dude that end I'm recording on a fucking car motherfucker <laughs> I swear dude I initialized the car well hopefully it was just the last we're gonna find out yeah we'll see <laughs> um yeah so Paul good dude just needs to fish more um Daniel from Demiki, super cool guy um just a good person to be around you He'll know. keep you honest. It, keep you very honest. <laughs> He'll let you fish out of his boat while he sleeps in the back seat. <laughs> He's uh, good at that. Huh? Yeah, good dude. Um, Mark from Nef, Nef Customs. Um, even before, you know, in the beginning, uh, when I first found his page, just a really cool guy. Seeing that, uh, you know, he was going down to the park lakes and catching fish and hand them off to kids. Like I, that's, super that's cool. a cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you don't see a ton of that, you know, nowadays. So super cool. Um, yeah. And I'm sure there's people I'm forgetting. <laughs> I apologize, but, uh, that's yeah, quite that's all right. Well, thanks for sharing your story, dude. It's pretty cool. And uh, I've been trying to get you on for a minute. So it's cool for you to drive up here and take your time, bro. Yeah. Finally right. lined up. You bet. Thanks, man. You're welcome. 